Welcome to the Pete Callender Show. I am the Pete Callender of the Pete Callender Show. The PeteCallenderShow.com is the website, and uh, you can get the latest podcasts there or any uh, on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. We want to welcome to the show Stacy Matthews. She is a writer at RedState.com. You can see her work there. Stacy, how are you? Welcome to the show. Pete, I'm so honored to be on your show. Good to talk to you. So you've been, uh, I said uh, earlier before we got on the air, I said you were a blogger, though, before anybody else even knew what blogging was, really. Uh, <laughs> you've been doing... Since 2003, so, yep. 2003. <laughs> so things have changed a little bit, right? <laughs> in the just, meantime. just a tiny bit, yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it is pretty amazing the way people get all of their news now. It is the stuff that you're doing now, but you were basically, you were doing this stuff... 15 years ago, and uh, you, now at Red State, I mean, honestly, like the stuff you wrote, I remember reading your stuff from years ago, the stuff you're doing now is basically the same thing. It's almost like everybody caught up to you. Do you realize that? Well, I wouldn't give myself that much credit, but, you know, there were people around much earlier than me, Glenn Reynolds, and yeah. the pundit, and so forth. Um, but, you know, it, it is, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. You know, that's how the old saying goes anyway. Well, good for you for sticking <laughs> with it and, 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 and having the longevity that you have had. Because uh, that's uh, there are a lot of people that have tried their hand at writing in general, but let alone writing on the Internet. And, you know, they don't do it anymore. It's uh, it's over and you still do it. And so congratulations on that. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you've uh, decided to come on the show and, and, and help us out, launch the program. We only had you on. It's one of my regrets. We only had you on one time in my entire. <laughs> I thought I had you on way more than that for some reason. It's because I read so many of your pieces and I quoted so many of your tweets. <laughs> I, I guess I thought you were on way more than the one time I only had you on the, sh the radio show. Yeah, it was, it was funny. You know, after you found out that um... – you know, uh, one of your colleagues um, had me on, and you were like, "Wait a minute!" Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> right, that's not right. It was, kind of, and, and I and, and I mentioned to you, I was like, "Well, you know, I, was, I kept waiting for you to ask. I didn't want to ask myself because it would have, <laughs> I would have sounded like an egomaniac, you know, if I would have asked you." Oh, you know, no. and then we, and then when we, we finally, you finally realized that I was like, yeah, yes, because <laughs> I, I wanted to be on your show. Well, you could have been you know? on and it now, years now earlier. Maybe we'll have the opportunity to be on a little bit more because we Absolutely. certainly have a lot to discuss. Absolutely. So let's let's get to it. So let, so I, I was reading a couple of your pieces, um, and uh, and some of your colleagues work over at Red State on this this con these comments that Chuck Schumer made, State, uh, U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer. Uh, so to set the table, the U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments uh, in a case called June Medical Services versus Russo. Uh, this is a, a case out of Louisiana, and it requires, it's a law that came out of Louisiana, it was like 2014, and it requires mm -hmm. abortion doctors to have admitting privileges at a hospital that's nearby. I think it's like 30 miles within the clinic. Um, right. And mm -hmm. so are, are you aware of the nuts and bolts of that case or um, or, or not? I'm not aware of the nuts and bolts of the case. I, I'm I, just a general overview, but I do know it's one of. I think there's a second abortion case as well um, that the Supreme Court is going to be mm -hmm. uh, taking up here in the near future. And that's what, you know, when you when Schumer made his comments, you know, when he when he said uh, he specifically said decisions. So there's more than one decision uh, that's going to be coming up, uh, you know, related to abortion law arguments. So um, and that's what he was referring to. Right. So mm. so Stacy's talking about this speech that Schumer made in front of these uh, pro-choice activists that were all on the steps of the Supreme Court while 
the oral arguments, I think, were actually being delivered uh, inside yep. the Supreme Court. They're having this big rally outside. And, and I have the clip. Here is the uh, the Senate minority leader, Chuck Schumer, uh, whipping the crowd up into a frenzy here. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he does say decisions. I uh, For some reason, the, uh, right. the audio got mm-hmm. clipped there. But he does say decisions. And um, first off, what's with the pronunciation of that name, Gorzuch? Like, I, I don't. Is that the first time I've heard it pronounced that way? I well, I, you know, he was. It sounded like he was drawing it out for emphasis. I mean, honestly, the first time I saw, you know, uh, the video of his of his comments and heard them, it sounded like something you would hear at an old NWA uh, wrestling <laughs> arena. <laughs> One of the heels, you know, with the right. microphone. You know, you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. you yeah, know, you release the it whirlwind. Was, it was bizarre, honestly. Yeah. You know, and it was, you know, and, and, and Trump, you know, commented about this last night on the Fox News town hall that he did. You know, if 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 he had said anything like that, or if any Republican had said anything like that, they would be in jail. You know, because it sounded specifically like a threat. I mean, it wasn't just a criticism; it was a direct threat. Yeah. So he says, you have released the whirlwind. He says, I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind. You will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. That mm-hmm. sounds I mean, like... He was specifically addressing the, the Supreme Court justices, even though uh, later he, he tried to walk it back by saying he was referring to Republicans in the Senate, which was <laughs> nonsense. I mean, yeah. the video clearly shows he wasn't re- referring right. to Republicans. He literally turns... Yeah, and he literally turns around and points at the building as he's saying their names. <laughs> like, there's no doubt. Uh, he knows what building he works in. There, there are no Republican senators in the building he was pointing at. So, uh, But it prompted a, uh, an, a response from the U.S. Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts, who like now has weighed in on political matters more than any chief justice I've ever heard in my entire life, right? Because he had to say something... A couple months ago, he's made some comment uh, in response to something the president said. So now here he is right. saying something in response to Schumer. And I'm gonna, I've got a statement. I'm going to quote it here. He says, this morning, Senator Schumer spoke at a rally in front of the Supreme Court while a case was being argued inside. Senator Schumer referred to two members of the court by name and said he wanted to tell them that, quote, you have released the whirlwind. You will pay the price. You will not know what hit you if you go forward with these awful, uh, awful decisions. Justices know that criticism comes with the territory, but threatening statements of this sort from the highest levels of government are not only inappropriate, they are dangerous. A member, uh, sorry, all members of the court will continue to do their job without fear or favor from whatever corner. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that this caught the Schumer camp and his comms team uh, a little off guard. I didn't. I don't think they were expecting this the the Supreme Court chief justice to respond because <laughs> their response after was pretty terrible. It was almost as bad as the general comms team reactions that we get out of our governor's office here in North right. Carolina. I mean, this is how bad it was. 
Um, right, it was it was it was tone deaf. Uh, you know, it, number one, it was tone deaf, and number two, you know, it it really goes to the the core of how um, Democrat leaders operate. You know, they honestly expect the people that listen to them to be um, too ignorant, too stupid, or too lazy to actually pull up the video and watch what what they said, what he said. They just expected people to say, "Oh, I wasn't referring to." Um, the justices we were referring to the Republicans in the Senate, you know, uh, it, it just goes to that mentality of, you know, we expect we we expect the people who listen to us to be too stupid to, to follow up on what we say. And they got and because of social media, you know, um, Republicans have gotten smart about it because of social media. Um, they can't hide from their from what they say anymore. And they can't cover up what they say anymore, regardless of what the CNNs and the MSNBCs of the world, how they try to sugarcoat it. You did and in your piece at Red State, and the title of this is called "The Chickens Come Home to Roost" for Chuck Schumer. Um, you you tie this together to uh, to comments that other candidates have made, specifically about Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. Uh, Kamala Harris has said stuff. Elizabeth Warren has said stuff. Beto O'Rourke, uh, Julian Castro. Like Kirsten they, Gillibrand, Kirsten Gillibrand actually last yep. year when she was still a candidate. She's the she's Chuck Schumer's colleague, a New York colleague in the Senate. She actually said, "quote Action unquote should be taken against Gorsuch and Kavanaugh if they quote go back on their pledge to uphold precedent on Roe v. Wade." Basically, what she and she didn't actually say what she meant, but most everybody that heard what she said thought she was talking about actually impeaching the two justices for not ruling in a way that she thinks that they should. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty scary. Right. And these kinds of these it's always amazes. Uh, it has always amazed me how um, so many people uh, on the left make these types of uh, threats or attempts at influence, because even if you want to say Schumer wasn't threatening the Supreme Court justices, it's obvious the intention is to influence them, is to say, you better rule this way or else there's going to be consequences. So rule this way we want you to, uh, which is right. an attempt to influence, which is just as unethical. And uh, they, but it seems like they 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 are able to detect all sorts of what they call dog whistles when people on the right say something like, oh, we know what you actually mean by that. Yet they like overtly explicitly say something and to them it's like well i didn't really mean that like the guy who tweeted oh i'm not aware of any bernie bros who are uh, who have ever engaged in violence and congressman <laughs> steve scalise yeah. is like oh i can think of one occasion yeah because one of that them shot so up the whole baseball perfect. field yeah yeah, yeah so it's it, it, it's this it's a double standard that you you get to in your piece you talk about how there's um there's this um, this standard that they expect others to live by, but they don't uh, when it comes to setting the ground rules for how political rhetoric should be judged. And then you tied in the Sarah Palin story from years ago, which I thought was brilliant. So go over. What's the mm -hmm. connection with that? Oh, well, I think a lot of your listeners will probably remember uh, when Representative Gabby Gifford in January uh, 2011, <clears throat> the attempted assassination on her on her life. Um, by a deranged man. It was not politically motivated in any way, but immediately, and I mean, this is before we even knew how many victims there were uh, and what exactly had happened immediately. And, and what people were blaming Republicans. They were blaming 
Sarah Palin in particular, because Sarah Palin had a target map for uh, members of Congress uh, to be uh, to be defeated, people that uh, Republicans should focus on to to be defeated in, in the upcoming election. And it was a it was a crosshairs map that had crosshairs on different parts of the country. And because of that, Sarah, it, Gabby Gifford's district was one of the ones she had a crosshair on. And because of that, people immediately assumed this guy was influenced by Sarah Palin right. and the crosshairs. And, you know, we need we need to uh, Obama uh, talked about having we needed to have a new tone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about how we how we spoke of things and things like the words like crosshairs. Were not to be mentioned again. There, there will be no. There should be no more violent rhetoric, um, and, and so forth. And you know, you fast forward until now, and you, you look back at that, and you fast forward until now, and you're like, this is exactly the kind of thing that you would think that that, that Democrats would be against saying. Uh, you know, whether he meant in a literal sense, as in threatening someone physically or threatening their job or, or whatever. Um, you know, these, this is the kind of thing that they preached against in 2011. But again, it, it goes back to the mentality that with Democrats, there's one there's one set of rules for Republicans, and there are no set of rules for Democrats. Yeah. They can say what they want to, but then they hold Republicans to, to a different standard. And the reason that they do that is because they feel like if they can shame enough of Republicans into shutting up, they'll shut up while Democrats get to tell everybody what to do. They'll get to make the rules. They'll get to pass all the laws. It doesn't work that way for them anymore, but that's the way they want it to. Right. It's easier. It's an attempt to clear the field, shut down the debate so they can mm-hmm. uh, have full run uh, at the field. It's um, it's pretty obvious, I think, to anybody who watches. And when you uh, your example from the Gabby Giffords uh, shooting, what, what it proves is they never believed in that standard to begin with. Right. At, at the time, they said all of this stuff about need a new tone and this, you know, no no using the crosshairs and don't say targeting and no more of this violent imagery. But they never believed that. That was never the point. It was like they they had no idea whether this guy was motivated. And it turns out of course, like you said, he was just deranged. He was insane. He thought that Gabby Giffords needed to die because grammar was uh being used as a tool of the United Nations to control everybody. Like, that's how right. insane the guy was. Um, right. And, and and so when they say these things at the time, everybody is like, oh, OK, all right, well, let's let's mind our P's and Q's. Oh, we got to throw Sarah Palin under the bus now because she had a group that, you know, put this uh, targeting uh, symbol on the congressional district. They never believed in it to begin with. And so now I think we all realize it. And I think that's why you got a guy like Donald Trump, why we got a guy like Donald Trump in the White House is because he's not willing to play by. Their their set of you know fixed rules, um, and I say well, that as one who didn't he, vote he for said Trump. That in the, he said that in the town hall last night. Somebody asked him specifically, somebody who said he was a long term supporter. You know, they asked him, you know, Mr. President, you know, do you think that we can we can get the message out to people without the um, the uh, harsh rhetoric that mm-hmm. sometimes is used in the political discussion uh, in modern times? And 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 you know, Trump said, you know, well. If they hit us, we have to hit back. And he said, you know, and he and he more or less stated that's why he was elected, you know, in 2016 was that people were tired of being hit um, and 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 no one uh, pushing back on their behalf. And it, as 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 in inartful <laughs> as he can be about it, sometimes you know he has he has exposed a lot of things about how the media operates and about how the left operates, and that's why. Um, you know, you're seeing record turnouts for him, you know, at his campaign rallies and so forth. It's because, you know, people realize that, it, you know, the left's only going to get worse 
uh, you know, was trying to intimidate people into shutting up uh, and, and trying to punish people for disagreeing. And he is one of the few people that, you know, that Republicans in, in this day and time feel like will push back on that narrative. Mm-hmm. So uh, after the Supreme Court Chief Justice issues his statement, Schumer's spokesman, Justin Goodman, comes out with the response. And here's the response, quote, Women's health care rights are at stake, and Americans from every corner of the country are in anguish about what the court might do to them. Senator Schumer's comments were a reference to the political price Senate Republicans (laughs) will pay for putting these justices on the court and a warning that the justices will unleash a major grassroots movement on the issue of reproductive rights against this decision. For Justice Roberts to follow the right wing's deliberate misinterpretation of what Senator Schumer said, while remaining silent when President Trump attacked Justices Sotomayor and Ginsburg last week, shows Justice Roberts does not just call balls and strikes. Um, (laughs) So a couple things here. First off, I was reminded of the the Weasley response that, uh, what was his name, Peter Strzok, gave when they asked him, uh, when Trey Gowdy was asking him, uh, when you said, you know, we'll stop him, we'll stop Trump. Like, what did you mean by that? And Strzok is like, oh, I meant the voters at the ballot box. That's what I meant. Like, really? That's what you meant when you said, don't worry, we'll stop Trump? Give me a break. I'm not buying this yeah. response either. This is like, you must think I'm stupid or you're stupid. Yeah. I, you know, that, like I said, it goes back to the to the thing where, you know, Democrats expect people that listen to them to not um, be interested, you know, enough in educating themselves on what they actually mean, what they actually say and what they stand for. Um, and, and in this in, in the social media era and in an era where, um, you know, Trump has has um, has assembled this pretty impressive machine uh, of people who, you know, work for his campaign, um, who who will push back against, you know, all the narratives that the media tries to push forth, that, that the left um, tries to push forth. So it's, it's a whole different ballgame now, um, you know, and that, that's part of the frustration you see with, you know, Chuck Schumer's spokesman and, and the other people that you mentioned is because they don't, they don't, um, they can't get away with what they used to get away with. Yeah. And that, that's part of their frustration. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and let me play this. This is finally, this is a clip of Chuck Schumer on the floor of the Senate, where he offered up an actual sort of apology here. Never accomplish in the court of public opinion, and they leave women out in the cold. So yes, I am angry. The women of America are angry. And yes, we will continue to fight for a woman's right to choose. I will continue to fight for the women of America. All right, so let me pause that right there, because he's now turned this thing into some sort of an attack on women that he is justified uh, or or justifies him in saying what he said. Like, oh, if I got emotional, it's only because I care too much, right? Like, that's that's his excuse here. It's all about... The women. Well, as a, so much, yeah, about getting elected. Right. <laughs> right. So he's fighting for you, Stacey, just a heads up on that. He's fighting for you uh, as yeah, a woman. Yeah, no, he's not. That's a... <laughs> All right. Let me pick it yep. back up here because because he, he's going to get to his roots here. He's going to get to his roots. Now, I should not have used the words I used yesterday. They didn't come out the way I intended to. My point was that there would be political consequences, political consequences, for President Trump and Senate Republicans, if the Supreme Court 
with the newly confirmed justices stripped away a woman's right to choose. Of course, I didn't intend to, to, to suggest anything. No. Other than political and public opinion consequences for the Supreme Court. And it is a gross distortion to imply otherwise. I'm from Brooklyn. We speak in strong language. I shouldn't have used the words I did, but in no way was I making a threat. I never, never would do such a thing. And Leader McConnell knows that. And Republicans who are busy manufacturing outrage over these comments know that too. I'm not so sure we do, though. That's the thing. I'm not, I mean, I'm an affiliate. I keep saying we, but like, I'm not so sure <laughs> I do uh, believe that you would never do such a thing or issue such a, a threat. I, I took it as you're attempting to influence their decision, just like they always do uh, with uh, the Supreme Court justices on any case, right? They start putting all this story, all these stories out about uh, the legacy of the court and you know, but you better come down the right way on this or you're not going to, you know, you're, you're not going to be looked at kindly by history. They're always saying these types of things. I take that as attempts to influence the the outcome, the decisions. It absolutely is, Pete. I mean, and you know, since Trump has become president and he was able to get two of his people, you know, on on uh, you know on the Supreme Court, uh, Democrats have escalated their rhetoric. Obviously, we talked about Kirsten Gillibrand earlier, and you know, and Schumer as well. And, and there's plenty more where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, but the the interesting thing about this, um, and mildly amusing, is just two or three weeks ago, uh, Chuck Schumer took to the Senate floor to preach about how the independence of the federal judiciary must be protected. <laughs> and he and he was, you know, he was one of those defenders of an of, of an independent judiciary. It was laughable. Uh, you know, when you when you consider what, you know, Democrats have said over the last several years about Supreme Court justices and and Roe v. Wade uh, and, and what he said, you know, just this week, uh, you know, specifically to the justices, you know, um, and, and Trump made an interesting point last night on this town hall, and it, it's partially correct that, you know, in a lot of instances where he has commented about the Supreme Court, uh, it's been because justices like Justice Ginsburg initiated right. the conversation. Um, he's partially, you know, sometimes when he criticizes them, it's not that way, but but the vast majority of instances where he has, it's because the, the justices initiated criticizing him. And as we all know, Trump is not going to sit back and just let something like that slide without giving his O2. Um, you know, he made that point last night on the town hall, which which I thought was a good point. Yeah. Um, also, the reference to where Schumer is from. Oh, I'm from Brooklyn. We talk in harsh language. <laughs> well, Trump is from Queens, the other borough right next door. Like, that's is that so now that's excuse enough, right? Just being <laughs> where you're from, like, that's that that means, oh, well, I can say whatever I want to say. If that's the case, then then we better never hear another single criticism about nasty rhetoric, you know, coming from Trump. Yeah. Uh, you know, because, you know, that that is I mean, and, and when he was elected, you know, that's that's something that I saw in him was, you know, well, he's you know, the kind of rhetoric he has. That's how they talk to people up in New York. That's not how we talk to people down here. <laughs> right. uh, you know, and that's basically what you know, what what Schumer was saying. But that excuse it doesn't work for Trump, and it's not going to work for Schumer. It might have worked for Schumer 10 years ago before social media uh, got really hot, but it's not going to work for him now. Yeah, we have the clip. We, we have the clip. He's saying, oh, I, I didn't mean to 
say it the way I said it. Let me just play it again here, because there's really no mistaking it. Here, here it is again. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. <laughs> That, I mean, it sounds almost like a grim reaper. I mean, you just get this, <laughs> this black robed man with a uh, whatever it is that he, that he carries. I mean, it's just, it's just it's honestly, had I not known it was Chuck Schumer saying that, it would have seriously frightened me. Right. You know, just, just, just hearing it. And, and, and if, if the Trump campaign is smart, which I think that they are, they will use this in, a, in an upcoming ad because – one of the reasons, and it'll be a big motivator for Republican voters, especially, because um, one of the one of the main reasons that the Republicans supported him uh, in in 2016 was because of the Supreme Court issue, because yeah. they saw it as going too far left. There were some older ones on there; they may not be around. You know, uh, God bless them. Um, and yeah, they didn't want somebody like Hillary Clinton making that decision. So this is going to be a big motivator for the Trump campaign to to put an ad out with those words. It, with, with you don't even need to add anything to it. All you right. have to do is say, you know, at the bottom, I'm uh, I'm Donald Trump and I approve this message. They don't need to add anything to it at all. It speaks for itself. Right. It was the that, that was the issue that almost got me to vote for Trump instead of what I did, which was just leave it blank. But it, that was the thing. That was the only issue that made me contemplate voting for Donald Trump in 2016. Was the uh, was the Supreme Court picks. Uh, well, and... you know, Pete, I think I think you and I, you know, and, and I don't know many other people like us. Uh, you're an independent. I'm still a registered Republican. But neither you or I voted for Trump. Now, you didn't write anybody in at all. I wrote in a candidate oh. uh, instead of Trump at the time. But you and I, since he's been elected, um, you know, we have kind of come to understand why mm-hmm. he was elected. It was it was in the heat of the moment and in, in the fog of war and all that. And in 2016, it wasn't clear to me. Uh, why you know people were were, were okay with him because I, I didn't see Trump as a conservative. I, you know, there's still a lot of things I don't see that with him on. But as far as the Supreme Court goes, um, you know that that's that's where a lot of his support comes from. Yeah, that and, and his support of you know religious freedom and, and those sort of things. But we, I think you and I are kind of unique in that regard that we didn't we didn't vote for Trump in 2016, but we after the election we we grew to understand why. Yeah. Even though you know we we still don't always agree with them, we understand and we kind of get it. Yeah. You know. So. Well, it's I mean I can I I understand and I see why and just listen to people when they say this is why we we backed them and I don't have to agree by the way like I don't have to agree but I can understand the perspective like I, I yes part of me wishes like there wasn't all of the the unseemliness. Of you know <laughs> that seems to just be around Donald Trump and his personal <laughs> life and all that stuff like uh, all of that I'm not crazy about and yeah I'm, I'm suspicious of his conservatism and whether it's real and because he's a late convert you know but he seems right. you know he he seems to he seems to to get it on the things that uh, that I care about um, he and he hasn't been you know some. Uh, abuser of the executive branch, like people were afraid he would be. So that's that. Those are the big things for me: the the, the Supreme Court picks and the uh, the executive branch overreach. I mean, he still talks like he would do this stuff. <laughs> he still says things that kind of sound like he would be an overreaching executive, but <laughs> he doesn't really actually do those things. So I don't know. But maybe the second term, uh, if he wins, it'll be. I don't know. Maybe. Because the second terms are always where these guys get into trouble. They always go right. too far. Well, it, it, but 
even if he doesn't get a second term, you know, something that Joe Biden has said, assuming that Joe Biden, you know, becomes the nominee, Joe Biden has said, well, you know, if you elect me, you know, we'll get back to back to business as usual. You know, Republicans and Democrats are going to be singing <laughs> kumbaya together. We're going to be roasting marshmallows by the campfire. It's not going to work that way. Trump has changed. Trump is is not the, you know, the reason the Republican Party has, you know, changed the way they have over the last few years. Trump was a, uh, I guess you would call him a symptom of it, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So, um, you know, it, it, what, if Joe Biden, you know, if the Democrat, you know, happens to win um, in, in the fall, um, things still aren't going to be, they're not going to change. You know, Joe Biden is going to is going to come to uh, get a rude awakening on that because people, you know, even some Republicans in Congress, like Rubio, who was not a fan of Trump, and some others. Um, you know, they, 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 they get it, too, now. You know, they don't defend everything Trump says, but they get it. Yeah. They get why people put it at Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham did a 180 on Trump. I mean, everybody knows that. And Lindsey Graham has specifically said, you know, that the people in my state support Trump, and I work to understand why, and I get it now. He's basically said that. Yeah. And that's the way a lot of other Republican senators feel, too. So even if Biden does win, he, he should, unless Republicans lose control of the Senate, they shouldn't expect to, you know, everything to be kumbaya and roast and marshmallows. It's not going to work that way. Yeah. Um, Stacy, we're going to leave it there. We'll have you back, and I appreciate uh, you taking the time to be with us today. I, I, and you can see all of Stacy's work at redstate.com. is the website, redstate.com. Everybody knows that. Uh, she also um, has written uh, under the name Sister Tolja, which I always have loved that name. Uh, <laughs> Stacy Matthews, redstate.com. Thank you, Stacy, so much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Pete.